Hey, welcome to the Coach Bo Knows Podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram. Check out our uh, check us out at, at Coach Bo Knows Show is our handle. Uh, check out the Facebook pages, search Coach Bo Knows Show. You can email us at CoachBonosShow at gmail.com. Today is episode 44.5. And as always, on the point five, I'm joined by the legal counsel of the Coach Bonos podcast, the token girl. She has great legs, but an even greater bind. My co-host, Ellen Wington. Ellen, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Happy uh, uh, 4th of July. Happy 4th of July to you as well. Any big plans for the 4th? Uh, now I think Uncle Rico and I are going to hang out at some point over the weekend, and then I'm just prepping for my ACL replacement on uh, National Slushy Day. Nice. Well, yeah. I, hope you get a, I hope you get a slushy with a little something added to it. To, to <laughs> Stay away from the vodka and the pills, okay? I'll remember that. Thank yeah. you. So I'll try to that. Don't, don't try to combine those two things. Hey, um, speaking of combining two things, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Ravens linebacker Jalen Ferguson passed away last week. Did you see that? <laughs> Yeah, I saw that autopsy report, um, just the headline on it, but God damn, that's, it's tragic. A combination, the autopsy showed he had a combination of fentanyl and cocaine. Yeah. Oh God, it just, folks, stay away from this fucking fentanyl. Stay away from cocaine too, but I mean. It's, I mean, they're even lacing it with pot and that kind of stuff at this point. So uh, it's. I guess get your drugs from trusted sources if you're into yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, I just, oh, folks, I just, I, I, it, and I tell you why it hurts. It hurts. It's a young guy, you know. He was only like what, 25? Uh, 26. Okay. Yeah, I mean, 26 years old, had everything in front of him. Everything we've been hearing in the off season was all really positive about his workouts. Mm-hmm. He had lost some weight. He was really getting prepared for this upcoming season. And going to be a free agent the next year, probably going to land yeah. some cash. And then this happens. And my heart just goes out to him, his family, and everything. I just saw that a little bit ago. And just this fentanyl thing, it's, oh, you know, I'm, I'm someone, I'll, I'll disclose a little bit here. I'm someone who's really um, keen and my mind is always keen on, on using too many prescription drugs mm-hmm. because my mother was an addict. Okay. It led to a lot of her medical issues and eventually her death. Okay. And, um, you know, it just, folks, be careful what you're putting in your body. Yeah. You know, it, you know, talk to your doctor, get, get a prescription and talk to your doctor about what all you do. And if you do recreational things, get it from your trusted sources and talk to your doctor about it. Yeah. If you smoke weed, if you do something else, if you, Tell your doctor, you know, your doctors will tell you to stop doing it, but they're going to also say, okay, well, let's make sure we're not giving you something that's going to coincide with that. Yeah. And if you need help, get it. And it's scary and it's tough, but lean on the people around you who are willing to help and ask for it and they'll help you. You just need to ask sometimes. Yeah. And if you need help, and if you're someone that I know, you're listening to this and you need help, reach out to me. Send me a text, send me an email, send me whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll help you. So we'll get that out of the way first. I, um, I want to jump around here. We are not going to do a whole lot on NBA free agency. We're recording this Friday and uh, there has been a ton of stuff. I yeah, do it's opening hit day. The, what's that? <laughs> I said it's opening day of free agency. Yeah. Now we, I do want to hit that um, your boy got a whole heap load of money Jokic back-to-back MVP Supermax contract sitting around 303 million um so yeah we're excited around the I did the numbers when I saw the the contract it was it's it's five years and 264 uh I saw last night before I was going to bed it was more around 270 but with uh, bonuses and that with kind bonuses of stuff, and escalators in there, yeah. it would hit around 303. Yeah. So I did the number off of 264, and I figured out that he was going to make, for the next five years, $6,000 an hour. God bless that man. 
Doesn't matter if you are playing basketball, sleeping, or fucking, he's getting paid $6,000 an hour for the next five years. Or riding his horses, because yeah. that's what he preferred to do anyway. It will. I mean, I was, I told the wife last night, I said $6,000 an hour, and I knew I had five years, I would work for anybody and do anything they asked me to do for six, for five years to do that, that kind of money. I might have some limits, but probably not too many. <laughs> I don't know that I'd have many. I mean, I'm sure there'd be a couple, but I, even then, if I knew it was only for five years, I could make certain arrangements. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. Whew. And I'm not one of these guys that says, oh, they get paid too much. That's what the market's bearing right now. So, well, you. you know, it's interesting with Duran asking for the trade. Um, I'm finding it very interesting, the moves that the Nuggets are making, just because they are definitely shifting younger versus the veterans that they've had the last season or two. Uh, maybe they're they're honestly pushing for a title run, and they think that the younger legs are what they need. So I don't know. I know you're going to talk about it more on Monday. I'll be interested to hear about it. Uh, yeah. but I will, fun let's, do, let's talk a little, Dre. Have you listened to me on Monday yet? Because I kind of went in on, I did. The, on Durant. Yeah, no, was, I listened to it. Coming. Yeah, um, I, it's not surprising at all. And, you know, bless my 12-year-old son who was just like, trade Michael Porter Jr. for Durant and a bunch of picks. Uh, I was just like, yeah, no, I don't. I'm okay. not sure I want that. That's where I was going to go with this. Because I was going to say, yeah. right, you're a Nuggets fan. Mm-hmm. What would you give up for Kevin Durant? I, I, I would not want that. I just really wouldn't. And I had a discussion with my buddy at work um, yesterday. And he's like, Durant isn't the problem in the locker room. And I'm like, I don't know about that. I, I just don't. But yeah. MPJ, in my mind... They should have not signed him to a Supermax contract last year. It's ridiculous. And uh, it, I don't know, it sucks for the Nuggets, but they're stuck with it to a certain extent. I've already made it clear how I feel about Kevin Durant as far as I think he's overrated. Mm -hmm. But I think he's overrated because of the softest court stuff. And I think that that's a big part of it. And I mm -hmm. do think that, so, I mean, I, I don't have one particular team. I kind of, you know, I, I, from New Orleans, I kind of root for the Pelicans. Sure. I'll tell you now, I wouldn't want him on that team. I wouldn't want to see him go to any team that I'm willing to root for. And here's what I would say. If I was a general manager of any NBA team, I don't know how much I would give for Kevin Durant. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, the initial talk, at least yesterday, was that the Suns were the primary destination that they figured that he'd land at. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll wait and, and see. The, the Nets think they're going to get Devin Booker in that deal. Uh, that's <laughs> not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Like I would, I wouldn't trade DeAndre Ayton for it. Right. No, but Ayton's probably not going to get restricted. He's going to be Yeah, he's going to be restricted yeah. free agent. He's probably going. But I wouldn't make that deal. Yeah, agree. I, I wouldn't trade a first round pick for him. I, I, I just would not spend the money, the cap room, or anything on Kevin Durant. Yeah, he's I mean, not a good teammate. He never has been, and I just yeah, I think that the Nets are going to fight, and Kevin Durant's going to fight. There's not going to be a lot of bridges he can cross here. Uh, I think they'll still get a first round pick for him. I just don't know what the additional compensation will be. Whether yeah. there's uh, second round picks that are coming with him. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, just to see what happens. But I find that the Nets. Um, I hope for the Nets' sake. I hope that they get rid of both Durant. And Kyrie Irving. I hope they get rid of both of them. I hope they both say, I hope they, I hope they tell them on the way out, don't bother coming back. You're never yeah. getting your number retired here. We're never going to have Kevin Durant day. We're never going to have Kyrie Irving <laughs> day. Get all the way to fuck out of here. You know, one of the things that I meant to mention the bridge. Before, we, what we, before we hopped on, and this is a weird segue, but um, given Jay Z's uh, ownership in yeah. the Nets, and uh, the Big 12 landing Rock as uh, the former yeah. CEO of, of, you know, Jay-Z's company as the new Big 12 commissioner. I find that very interesting. Well, everything that I see, and I was talking to Tyler Jones, I was on the, let's go ahead and go over to that. I was on the Jones report uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. we recorded that on Wednesday. And 
Wednesday night when we recorded that, we both had pulled up a lot of information and Tyler knows some people in different places. And everything we saw pointed to two things. Mm-hmm. One, um, this hire, this, and I got to get his name up here. Um, the new commissioner of the Big 12, it, it looks like he's someone whose background is working with sponsors, yep. working with uh, groups. And yep. it looks like that he has that background and he's more about the, the media side. He also has worked closely with the CEO of Fox Sports. I mean, this is an NIL thing, right? It has well, to be. It's a it's it, it's part of it, but I think also it is there are now we got the big news of the Big Ten, USC, right. UCLA. We'll get there in a minute. This is now a scramble. We've mm-hmm. got the Pac-12, the Big 12, and the ACC. And they are now clearly not in the top two. Mm-hmm. They're the next hierarchy down. And for the schools, it's going to, in the conference, it's going to be all about the TV contracts. The biggest money is in ESPN, which is going to the SEC. The Big yep. Ten is currently in negotiations, and they're going to get a huge contract. Yes. Most likely from either ESPN or Fox. Now, that's going to leave where do these other three other um, conferences go? Yep. And what the Big 12 did is exactly what the Pac-12 did a year ago. They Mm -hmm. didn't go and get an AD. They didn't go and get somebody who kind of has inside the ropes college sports. They went and said, no, who do we know that markets with the big companies, the TV, the TV people, the streaming people. We need an uh, entertainment guy. Yeah. The Pac-12 went to the former CEO of MGM Gambling. Yeah. Sportsbook people. Um, This one that comes from Rock Nation. Nation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's going to be, this is about money. No doubt about it, but it's coming from the rights. The NIL stuff, I do think there'll be something there. I mean, there'll be, I think that's part of it. I don't think you're, I don't think you're off base at all there. Okay. But I do think the big thing is the big 12 is scrambling to say, okay, We've got four new teams coming in. We know Texas and Oklahoma are going. They're going sooner than we think they are now. Mm-hmm. They'll be in the big. They'll be in the SEC next season, twenty twenty three, most likely, when they get their buyout package. So now everyone's going to start scrambling, and now the next domino of UCLA and USC leaving the Big Twelve or the Pac twelve. Right. I'm sorry, to go to the Big Ten is going to make it even harder for the Big 12 to negotiate rights, the ACC to negotiate rights, and the Pac-12 to negotiate to negotiate rights that are going to be comparable to what the SEC and the Big 10 are going to get. So, so now they're going to all kind of eat at each other. Right, but here's my question. And I know this was talked about much yesterday with this um, secession, but... How quickly does the Big 12 go after Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State? I think you got to go home immediately. I think you should be talking to them right now. Because that's going, because their contract is up in 2025 for the Big 12. And so if they can have them online by that time, that's... And what you do is you do like the SEC did with, with Oklahoma and Texas. The money's built in yep. to get those teams over early. So if you're the Big 12, the first thing on this new commissioner's plate has got to be go get Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado. Uh, who was the other one you were talking about? Oh, that's the four. That's the four. That takes them up to 14 teams. Yep. They're 10 minus the two, adding four already. Yep. 12. Yeah, 12 plus the four. That is a 16. 16. I'm thinking of 16. Now, I still think the Big Ten and the SEC are going to eventually expand even more. I think they're going to 20. Well, I mean, it, it's all coming to mega conferences anyway. Yeah. And, and the NCAA dissolving, going away, because it just – there's yeah. no purpose in the NCAA anymore. No. No, and – and, we'll, and we've seen this was coming. I mean, yeah. so now let's, let's talk about USC. USC and UCLA have announced they are going to leave the Pac-12 and join the Big Ten. Yep. 
This is huge for the Big Ten because it gives them the L.A. market in the middle of their negotiations for TV and streaming rights. And they have the New York market, Philly kind of stuff with Rutgers. So Rutgers. They've, they've got both coasts right now. You know, they're they are nationwide. Mm-hmm. Now, the number that I hear that the Big Ten wanted was $400 million for their next contract. And I think they're going to go over that now by adding UCLA and USC. The current contract for ESPN with the um, with the SEC was three hundred and sixty million, and that expands to four hundred when they get Texas and Oklahoma added. What's the adder for the CBS contract? Uh, they don't have CBS anymore. CBS Did is it not going to be no CBS. This is the last season of CBS okay. having the SEC okay. in twenty twenty three. There was some talk of even the SEC or ESPN trying to buy the 2022 rights from CBS, but that didn't work out. That didn't happen. Okay. Um, The one that did happen was um, Fox got a couple of games from ABC and ESPN of the Big Ten this year in the Joe Buck deal. Okay. So what I suspect we're going to still see is I do suspect we're going to see the SEC expand to 20. Okay. Are they going to target four schools? I can tell you the four schools are going to be. They're going to go to the ACC. They're going to try to go get North Carolina, uh, Miami, Florida State, and Clemson. They got natural rivals for all four already. In the right. Country. So it makes sense. And it gives them that South. They don't care about going West. And they don't care about going North. Mm-hmm. They know who they are. Yeah. Um, the Big Ten adding – UCLA and USC puts them at 16 teams as well, which equals what the SEC will be at, batting Texas and Oklahoma. Um, what I suspect is that they will try to go to 20 at some point. They'll try to add Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Um, I suspect they will try to add a couple of the Big 12 top teams. This is the chance. So this is what the Big 12 has to do, in my view. They've got to be talking to Utah. Arizona, Arizona State, um, Colorado, Colorado, Colorado for sure. And then they need to be talking to like San Diego State and UNLV as well, Mm -hmm. just to have a backup. And then they need to be going to all of their member programs right now and saying, please don't leave. Yeah. And I think the ones they should be the most diligent on are Kansas. Yep. And Oklahoma State. I mean, uh, Kansas especially. The yeah. the idea of moving to the Big Ten from a basketball perspective yeah. is very enticing. Yeah. There is nothing now to keep Kansas from moving. Yeah. And there's nothing to keep Oklahoma State from not wanting to try to go to the SEC. Yeah. Um, if I'm Oklahoma State, I'm begging the SEC to take it. If I'm Kansas, I'm begging the Big Ten. I would, if I was Kansas, I'd be talking to the Big Ten now saying, hey, are you guys going to go to 20? Because if you do, we want in. Sure. And, and that's what the, the Big 12, the Big 12, now <clears throat> the pact that the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Big 12 all had, it's gone. Oh, it is. Yeah, this is it. This is they were not going to raid each other, and the Big Ten just raided the, the Pac-12, and then we'll see, you know, who gets raided next. I mean, it's I think it's those four schools from the ACC, and mm-hmm. then I wouldn't be surprised if you see Oregon, Washington, and Stanford all talking to somebody, saying, "Okay, where can we go?" You know, because. Yeah. I mean, Stanford got the best, you know, one of the best private schools. Oregon is the Nike money. Well, I mean, the the, you know, the the nickname for Stanford has always been the Ivy League of the West Coast. Yeah. I don't think that would necessarily work, but it, it's kind of fun to think about. Yeah. I think it'd be fun. I, I think that if you see Big Ten expansion for four more teams, mm-hmm. I think you target Kansas, Stanford, Oregon. In Washington. 
yeah, it's going to be an interesting yeah. 18 months, I think. Yeah. And if you don't get one of those three West Coast teams, you'll get another day. Yeah. Yeah. Notre Dame is going to have to join the conference. Yep. They're and independent now, nonsense. Now, now, what the Big 12 or the ACC could do to head this thing off, and if I'm the Big 12, it's the first call I'm making, you call Notre Dame. But the thing of it is, is that Notre Dame already has ties to the ACC with everything but Yeah, they do. And then they also, and they have history with the Big Ten and the members. Well, sure. I mean, just regionally. What does that all matter now? Exactly. It's all money. That's all it is. Make the call. Yeah. Make the call and say, hey, we'd love to have you guys. What can we do? And if I'm the Big 12 commissioner, I mean, I'm calling everybody. Oh, sure. And I I think the first couple of calls I'm making are my members. Hey, stay with us. We've got a plan. I think this was a good hire for the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Um, what they didn't need was another Bill Bowles. No. So I heard I heard this was uh, back in January. I think it was Bill Snyder came out and said that you know, we have great leadership in Bowlesby. We're going to be okay. And I, I said it on Twitter back to, directly back to Coach Snyder. You are dead wrong. This is exactly yeah. what you don't need. Exactly. You need some, this was a good hire for the big 12 and it's, it's now trying to find your place because you're now a second tier league, you know, and we're going to see what happens, but in the end, there will be room for a third and maybe even a fourth league. There won't be room for five. No, no. So the big 12, the pac 12 and the ACC, you've got to figure this out. The ACC is the one who's going to be in the most trouble, I think. It'll be very interesting. Because I think the SEC rates. If the SEC takes Miami, Florida State, North Carolina, and Clemson, Adabo will fight tooth and nail to not go. Oh, God. But Clemson's biggest local rival is South Carolina. You have with North Carolina, the North Carolina, South Carolina thing. Duke is not Duke as far as football, and Duke in basketball doesn't have Coach K anymore. Uh, it doesn't matter. No, I, I, it, it will it's not It's not matter. a reason to stay. It's not a reason to stay for North Carolina. It is. It absolutely is. It is. It's, it's not when you're talking about 30 or 40 million a year to your school. It, it is. That's one of the that's the old school thinking that's going to get you in trouble. I understand that, but it is one of the few like school rivalries that may stick together. Yeah, I just think with no Roy Williams now, no no Coach K, it's going to be a little different. It doesn't. I no. There's no and and Duke doesn't bring you any other sports. They don't bring you football. They don't bring you. They don't bring you revenue sports, but they do bring you other sports. Well, yeah, I mean revenue is what it's about. The revenue is what it's all about. I again, I understand, but the triangle is something altogether different. Yeah. yeah. Mark my words, North Carolina is going to be in the SEC center tonight. And then, I mean, Clemson's the one. The one that's going to fight it's going to be Clemson. Sure. It, it makes sense for Clemson to go. Sure. Um, the other ones, when I say Miami, Florida State, why wouldn't you go? That fits who they are. You know, totally does. It does. I mean, they don't, and they don't have good rivals in the ACC. So, no. other than each other, yeah. So, and you got Florida already in the ACC, in the SEC. Yeah, it makes sense. So, yeah. Um, so I find that all fascinating. It's you know, I, it's it's funny because the conference expansion and realignment has been something that I've been like big on for like mm-hmm. the last ten years. It's like yeah. this gotta happen, people, and the. The people of like, well, locally, we used to have Kevin Keatsman on 810, and he was, mm-hmm. oh, God, this is going to kill sports. And it's like, dude, if you're not playing this game now, you're losing. Yeah. This is why the Big 12 is lost. It's why the SEC beat them. It's why the Big 10s beat them. They beat them to the punch. As soon as the Big 12 lost Texas and Oklahoma, it was over. The only thing they can do now is try to expand to be the second tier league. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Um, I'm going to continue to be fascinated about the business side of this because I'm not sure what's winning and what's losing yet. That's a good point. That's a really good point. What, to me, what's winning and what's losing is going to be these TV contracts because you're going to lose, there's not going to be enough money left over. 
once those two conferences get the biggest paychecks, you're going to be looking at splitting stuff between ESPN or, or hoping that NBC and CBS are willing to work together. So I guess being more of a basketball purist than a yeah. football purist, that's where I start wondering where the scales tip to the schools that have productive, you know, teams on both sides well, versus conferences that may be more heavily football weighted as compared to basketball rated. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It, I, it, I, I don't know. It, it's football. I mean, football is everything. I mean, it's the one sport that ratings have not fallen on. I could care less if I yeah. watch it though. So I mean, again. It's, just, it's, it's why we talk about how the NFL beats everything else. Right. College sports is football. It's, it, it is, it's different if you've never, you went to USC. Yep. And you saw USC football is huge. And USC in many ways is the real professional team of, of LA. Um, yeah. But if you grew up in Kansas, you know, it's the Chiefs, the, the, you know, the Jayhawks and the Wildcats are great for what they are, but they're not, like, in bold. Like, they're not – it's not, like, part of, like, how you came up. Like, I, I'm from Louisiana. LSU football, if they had to choose in Louisiana right now to get rid of the Saints or LSU, the Saints would be gone. It's, it's LSU. Alabama, but that's not that's not true everywhere. It's true it's in not. the SEC. It's true in the SEC, and it's true in the Big Ten. I don't – I disagree with that. I mean, you look – Full I mean, stop. Full Michigan's stop. More, Michigan's more popular than, than, than the Lions. I fully disagree with that. Michigan's more – 100,000 people go to that game every week. I That doesn't matter. That just means that people are butts in seats. It does not mean the that they are more popular. Because I think you take Green Bay, Chicago, well, yeah. the Lions. Yeah. You have to look at the entire conference. Yes. And you look, and if you look at that conference, look how big Penn State is. Look how big Iowa is. Well, and Iowa's huge in And Iowa. you've got you've yeah. got the Steelers. Yeah. So it, I I disagree that the co- the only place that I think it truly that college football truly overtakes the NFL is the SEC because there is two teams. Well, that's true. There's truth that. You have three. But, I mean, you got the Panthers. Well, and, if you yeah, count yeah. Tampa Bay, sure. Yeah. But um, if, you, if you count the Panthers, the Falcons, the Saints. Um, but, no, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but what I'm saying is, is that if you look, college football is more popular than college basketball. The college basketball is going to be the secondary thought. It, it's what's going to keep – North Carolina and Duke and, and Kansas in a good conference. Mm-hmm. It's what helps UCLA a little bit. It's what helps Indiana. But those are the exception, not really the rule. I mean, if you look, it's. I understand that football is the driver. I fully yeah. understand that. But that's, that's really what I'm trying to get at. Is football my is question the is. That's probably a better bill club. How are some of these schools weighted? Because they are good on both sides. I don't get how how does that go into the poaching calculus? Oh, okay. Yeah. I think that that the teams that the the schools that have both are gonna be more more wanted. Whereas I think the Big Ten tends to have a more balanced top to bottom than say the SEC. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Who who is using what calculus yeah. to go after teams because they you know Houston look at Houston Cincinnati yeah. coming into the Big Twelve they're good on both sides they're good at both and that was those were both great pickups yes. in the Big Twelve I'll be blunt I would rather have Houston than a lot of places yep a lot of schools and people don't realize that you go huge fan base huge local market they're yep. good at football they got a commitment to basketball they're going to be great. Yeah. yeah, huge pickup. That was that was the one lower level, if you want to call it lower levels, they weren't in one of the power fives that you look at and go, that was good. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I see where you're saying now on the calculus thing. When you're looking at that going, okay, well, now we're talking about Arizona, Arizona State, Utah. Right. Um, you know, even CU. I mean, they Colorado, kind of yeah, started Colorado, building that back. You look at Stanford, you look at Washington and Oregon, and then you mm-hmm. go to the ACC, you look at Carolina, Clemson. Yep. You know, yeah. So that's where like the Big 12 has to figure out who they want to be. Right. And I think it's important for the Big 12. So the Big 10 has said, we just want to be wide and national mm-hmm. and get in front of as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. And we'll take you if you have a TV market and we'll take you if you have a, a good football program. The basketball yeah. thing is nice. I think that's what helps UCLA. I think it's what helped Indiana stay. Those kind of, they're not going to kick anybody out. I'm still not sure why Rutgers came on beyond getting the New York. That's yeah. And I think that, well, I think them hiring Greg Schiano back as their head football coach, thinking that they could go back to who they were when he was their coach the first time. Mm-hmm. Cause they were a good team under Greg Schiano. Yeah. But that's a, that's trying to put their foot in New York. Yeah. New York, New Jersey. That's what that really is. Um, but going to LA, UCLA and USC. It's huge. Huge. That's the one thing that the SEC could not do. Yeah. Yes. Now, here's where, if you want to look at it kind of old school, and I did look at it this way. Here's one thing I do think kind of sucks. It's not football related, but it's the smaller programs. It's mm-hmm. women's volleyball, baseball. The travel time the that travel these people are going to have to do. Suck for those people. I mean, travel's going to suck when you have to go do a, if you're an LA team, it's got to go to Rutgers. Yeah. Or Penn State. Or if you're Penn State and you got to go to LA. But I mean, the only benefit is while you're in school. The only benefit is going west, you gain time. Mm-hmm. But going home, you're getting all that jet lag. And oh, yeah. It sucks. And I mean, that was the biggest While trying to go to school. Yeah, and that was the biggest thing when the Big 12 added West Virginia. Yeah. People were like, what the fuck? fuck? You're making these kids travel 2,500 miles to get to a game. Yeah. There better not be any fucking bus trips. So I tell you right now, they better oh, no. be chartering fucking no. planes. Yep. They better be chartering planes for those girls' teams. They better be chartering planes for the baseball team. Yep. There's Lacrosse, enough money in whatever. there now. Don't yeah. fuck around with this. And that's, the, that's part of the calculus, I believe, too. And Absolutely. Yeah, so that's one thing. Like with the SEC, they've kept it in the South. They haven't yeah. they went to Texas and Oklahoma. And the longest trip right now, I think, is what Norman to Gainesville. That sounds about right. Yeah. If you went east west, I mean, that's yeah, not terrible, but it's still not great. I mean, it's still six it hours on a plane. bus. It's yeah. stuck on a bus for two days. But it won't be on a bus, so no, it better not be. That's the thing. Is if I'm one of those. If I'm an SEC guy, and I'll say this, those kids better not be on a fucking bus. None of them. I would have to think that there are certain things built into those conference contracts as far as transportation and, and sharing some of that TV revenue to ensure oh, that transportation have, is taken care of. better have fucking charges for all of them. But, uh, women's yeah. basketball, women, women's golf, everybody. They better fucking have it. planes for all of them. Yep. That's bullshit if you're going to have them travel halfway across the country and fucking bus. Agreed. man for the golf team yeah no i'm not for that at all but that's not a reason to not do it i mean let's get it let's get it clear but we that all is know the one achilles that i look at it and go all right let's yeah stick around these people let's help these people out because they're kids they're college yeah. kids. As, as we all know the non-revenue sports just are secondary thoughts yeah and so let's make sure we're taking care of the non-revenue sports because they're important to us mm-hmm. um I haven't had you on since the one big of recruiting news. So I'm going to add, I know you're a basketball first girl. Yep. What do you think about Texas getting Arch Man? You know, I, it was down to Texas and Georgia. So it was, it was one or the other. Uh, I think you made the point a few weeks back when we were talking about this surrounding NIL, Texas is going to be in the sec. So it, he's not even, really going out of conference from what his family did yeah. uh, 
with all these big names though, it's, I always hesitate to glom on to any kind of recruiting news on the college level because, and even on the pro level until they play, we Uh, don't actually know. Yeah. And I hope he succeeds and does well and it'll really fire up the sec on levels that we may have not seen in, uh, the recent past, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, burnt orange instead of, uh, Tennessee or Ole Miss. It's, yeah. it's interesting. This is the one school I didn't want him to go to. I know. You know, I know. I'm, I'm a Manning guy. I mean, Archie was my hero as a kid. I love Peyton. I love Eli. And I didn't want to see Archie go to Texas. I didn't want to see him go to Texas or Alabama. I mean, I'll forever be horns down, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I didn't know this until I was on Jones Report this week, and Tyler Jones told me this. I didn't realize this. I think I figured out why he went to Texas when it was all said and done. What is that? Texas' special assistant is David Cutcliffe. He's working with their offense. David Cutcliffe was Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator at Tennessee, and he has worked with the Manning brothers Eli and Peyton in their off seasons for years, even when well, he was, was head it? coach at Duke. Yeah. And the, David Cutcliffe was a huge reason why Peyton went to Tennessee. Huh. And he got hired as a special assistant to Texas to Sarkeesian. And he's in the quarterbacks room. Uh, you know what? I'm glad to see uh, football pulling the trick that basketball has been pulling yeah. for years of hiring that one person, usually a family member or close relation to uh, get a recruit to come. So that's fascinating. Yeah. So I guess David Cutler was working as a special assistant to the SEC commissioner. And then Texas pulled the trigger on bringing him in as a special assistant. He is going to be working with the quarterbacks and then the special assistant to the the head coach. So he's going to be in there working with, and not just, um, not just uh, Arch, but current Texas court, current quarterback. Yeah. Um, let me get his name. My God, he's the big recruit last year. Um, Quinn Evers. Okay. Now, what I found interesting, we were talking about this, uh, Tyler Jones and I were talking about it, is Quinn Evers is, um, he transferred to Texas last season from Ohio State. He's got two more years of eligibility left. So you'll have one year of having both Evers and Arch Manning. And the understanding is that Arch Manning might redshirt at Texas. Good for him. And um, I I was asked, you know, do you think that's an okay idea? And I said, well, the thing about it is that it's okay. And I don't think he's going to mind not playing that first year because what I think it's overlooked about Arch Manning is mm-hmm. he plays at a small school. He plays at a three, a school in, in new Orleans. It's a private school. And if you look, they don't play like they're not playing the, the huge new Orleans and Baton Rouge high schools. They're playing a lot of these private schools and uh-huh. they're running up to staff. Now he's going to be good. We know he's going to be good. He's been all these, seven on sevens, then Manning Passing Academy and all this stuff. They know how great he is. But he's never had to play week to week against a high-level competition in games. And so it really might behoove him to not be forced to be a starting quarterback his freshman year. He'll be a freshman in 23, right? Yes. Which will be Quinn, which will be Quinn Evers' last year likely at Texas. So... What about the fact that assuming Texas and Oklahoma move to the SEC in 23, that it's not only time for him to acclimate, but for him to see SEC football up close and personal. Very well put. I was thinking the same thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, if he went to, so say he goes to Georgia, Mm -hmm. say he goes to um, Ole Miss. I think the last team that they were talking to, he was, uh, visiting where I understand it was uh, Georgia and Texas were the clear front runners. And then the next tier was Virginia, Ole Miss, Alabama, and LSU. Mm-hmm. He goes to those four schools, maybe not at Alabama, 
But if he goes anywhere else, he's the starting quarterback they want. Right. And if you do that, is he are you willing to risk? I mean, like in Alabama, you know, you may not want to risk having him out there that first day, at first game, first day, because you're expected to win every game in Alabama. Right. You know, I think they can get away with it at LSU. I, Virginia could. And um in Georgia, I think he'd been fine. But I think in Texas, I think this is I think it was a smart move. When I when I heard the David Cutcliffe thing, I was like, that's beyond smart of Texas to get David Cutcliffe. That's well, not guarantee it in a way. And I think to a certain extent, the entire staff is going to need to acclimate to the SEC. Yeah. And so if they have that year of a buffer yeah. as they start to figure out how everything works and you know how the teams really do in the divisions or whatever instead of just one-off games yeah they're going to be able to scheme better around arch than if he was just coming in cold as a freshman i would think yeah yeah i may not like it but i think it was a really good decision makes sense so uh and, and the other thing if you're steve sarkeesian this is this is this is going to guarantee you a job for a couple of years. Oh, absolutely. Like he could tank this year and he it doesn't seven, matter. He, they went five and seven last year and there were people calling for his head. They go seven and five or better. Ain't nobody calling for his head because he can go, hey, I got Arch coming. I, I don't even think like if he tanks the next two years and especially if they, they redshirt Arch, I don't think Shark can be touched. You never know it, Texas. That's know. absolutely true. <laughs> yeah. uh, you just never know. Um, we haven't heard anything on Deshaun Watson. We know they had a three-day hearing. They gave no timetable on punishment for Deshaun Watson. So I don't think we should even bother with all that right now. I just thought I'd see. Uh, you got any other thoughts on that? Or Let's hope he gets fucked. I don't know. Yeah. I'm... Um, yeah, so it, it's going to be fun. Uh I did see this was a cool one. Um, Bengals running back Trayvon Williams is going to teach a class on NIL at Texas A&M Law School. Why at the law school? Uh, they're, they're, part, they're, they're doing it as part of the sports business program. Uh, is this is also be- happening at Villanova under um, Andrew Brandt, who heads the okay. Villanova program. He's got an is NIL it- course coming out this year, too. Is it open to undergraduates? I don't think so. Uh, let me look. Um, because my argument would be, we've got an intern uh, at work that once would love to get into sports management. And he was kind of complaining because a lot of schools don't have sports management programs. They have one or two classes. But uh, if... Is he, is he looking for a master's? No, he's in law school now. The law school? Tell them to check out the program at Villanova. So I, regardless of that, what I'm thinking of is if you have athletes who are undergrads who want to be able to sit in on those classes and still get credit. That's a good question. That's a good question. Let's, you know, let's make it open and, um, or allow them to audit the class, whatever they want to do. And you get these, you know, business kids coming through. I, I find it interesting that it's through the law school. Yeah, I, it makes not, sense it in not, a lot of ways, but. Yeah, it does not say he's co-teaching the class. Um, it's a class on NIL, college athletics, and athlete advocacy alongside sports attorney and business consultant Alex Sinatra. This, um, would be, this would be really interesting, especially for those law schools that have like a joint MBA JD mm-hmm. degree. I like it. I'm glad every, every major program should be doing classes like this. Something. Yeah. Something to help these guys and and to learn. And especially in these bigger schools, they got to be learning about money. They got to be financial literacy. Financial literacy is so important. I I think they should be teaching this shit in high school. I mean, they should, I mean, just a basic class in high school. I, I was talking to a client of mine recently and I gave him a book that I've got. Um, it's, it's called raising financially aware children. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's a book that I've read many times. I think it's great. It's fantastic. 
And we tried at one time, me and another advisor and a couple others were trying to get that put in at the high schools here locally where mm-hmm. we were going to teach it. Yeah. To come in and, and let us teach it. And we wanted to teach it to high school seniors. Yeah. Make it their, their class they have to take before they graduate. You have to take this class. And whatever it was, and it could even be nine weeks. Just something where they have some literacy and understand, you know, the difference between a stock and a bond. What yeah. is a savings account, a checking account, how to balance checkbook? Yep. You know, you know, what is a credit card? How does it how does credit card usage affect your debt? You know, what is that debt? How does it count against you? What's an insurance number? You yeah. know, there's all sorts of these things out there. People don't know. Adults Absolutely. don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're listening and you would like a copy of Raising Financially Aware Children, go to oagks.com, hit the contact us, send me a message, and I will get you a book for free. There you go. I can get as many as you want. So I have a partnership with American Century Investments. We can get as many of them as we need. Perfect. It is, and it's got a workbook. It's, I find that adults like it just as much as kids. You can go ahead and send me one while you're at it. I will do that. I will Thank get you. it to you as soon as possible. I got some stuff out this afternoon. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, it's a great one. And I mean, I, I, I put my son through it mm-hmm. and he knows more than most people do. So Good. it's, it's a smart deal. And it's really simple language, simple, simple language. Good. It's got, you know, uh, illustrations in it. It's, it's made for, it's made for high school age kids, mm-hmm. but hell, most adults need all this. So um, let's see, what else did I have? Do you have anything you want to jump in? We talked about UCLA, USC, um, your abs, abs, your abs won the, the, the uh, Stanley Cup. It, yeah, I happened to be, uh, we had the chance to see each other last Friday. Yes, that was um, as and thank you to Ricardo for filling in for me last week uh, as I was traveling and hanging out in Lawrence and Kansas City. So I had the pleasure of going to the Blue Line in Kansas City, which is a hockey bar down yeah down there. The it, it was a ton of fun, ton of abs fans. So it was uh, way cool. Yes. Uh, not yesterday, Wednesday, went to the Rockies game. The Avs were there. They brought the Stanley Cup and extended glory. And uh, still got to see it somewhat up close and personal. And then they had the parade yesterday, which from all accounts and from all uh, videos I've seen was as a championship parade will be. And they even tacked on the Mammoth, who are the professional cross team owned by Kroenke, who also won their league championship. So wow. that's kind of fun. That is fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's oof. it's an interesting time to be in Denver. I, I'm looking forward to being out there in a few weeks. I was yeah. working on my uh, agenda. We had to do, we had to choose some classes we're taking while we're out there. And nice. So I'm looking forward to be out there for a week and, and enjoy some stuff. And Absolutely. And definitely spend some time together. Yeah, we'll do we'll do an all together podcast too. Yes, we're gonna get one you, me, Uncle Rico, all together. And yep. uh, if you're filling up to your knee surgery, I want to take you to the Rockies game. Yeah, yeah. And Rockies so, Dodgers are on Friday night, and we got to see my man Mookie. It'll be good if Mookie's back. Mookie be back. I love you, Mookie. I had to spend some money on another Mookie memorabilia item this past week too. <laughs> yeah, I saw one. I was like, I gotta have that. I made a deal. So well, I'm glad you were able to get it flying here um yeah so hey let's um see let's call it quits there i'm gonna come back in a minute i'm gonna do a little something i put together for fourth of july uh we've had a lot of political stuff we were going to talk a lot of politics today unfortunately because my dumb ass was late on stuff and it's not your dumb ass i had a lot of stuff going on today and because i had stuff going on it's pushed our timetable way back so I got a little something that I wrote that I want to kind of read and, and have people think about during this 4th of July. And then um, let's you and I talk next week about what's going on in America because we have to, we agree on a lot of stuff that's going on right now. Yeah. And there's a lot that I think we could, um, I think we both want to vent a little bit. So I think so. And I appreciate you being willing to give both of us the space to do that. Yeah. And what we're going to do in our original plan for the day was I was going to let Ellen kind of steer the boat a little bit um, too. Cause I think when we talked politics, it's easier for her to steer the boat and keep me on track 
<laughs> uh, because I get to go in in a certain area. That's why I actually wrote something this week instead of trying to babble. So uh, I'll do my little thing here at the end, but I want to thank Ellen. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I'm going to jump back in here in a minute, do that, and then we'll get to close and uh, hope everybody has a safe 4th of July. You got any plans for the 4th? Uh, no, like I said, Ricardo texted me earlier today, so I think we're going to hang out. I'm painting a bedroom, um, trying to get my shit together prior to surgery, and uh, I'm not going to blow off any fingers. So okay. be yeah, safe. I'm going to go to my in-laws with the wife and the kiddos, nice. and hopefully someone will blow off their fingers. I root for it every <laughs> year. I root for it. So I got, the, I got the brother-in-law who's like a pyromaniac. Yeah. And we used to have another brother-in-law, but, you know, he they got divorced. And yeah. he was the one I was really hoping would blow up. Like, mm-hmm. if there was going to be an accident, I wanted to see him get really hurt. But he's moved away, and he's not around anymore. I, my brother-in-law's a good guy. And he's a good kid. He just, he's not a kid. He's a 40-year-old man. But, you know, when you know somebody since they're like 13, you know, they're, like, they're still a kid it's in tough. your mind sometimes. I got to yeah. get over that. So I don't root for him to get hurt anymore. But if it's going to happen, eh, it's going to happen. I get it. We have a, my in-laws, they have like a block party. Mm-hmm. And it's actually pretty well done. Everybody, my in-laws do a lot of the cooking. Their neighbor does a fantastic fireworks thing. So it is fun. There's a little bit of hillbilly white trash there, but all right, there's a lot of it. It's Topeka, but oh, it is okay. what it is. we have a good time. We'll go as a family. It'll be fun, and then we'll come home and and get to enjoy the rest of the night off. So, yeah. well, that'll be good. Yeah, hopefully, I won't drink too much, and one of us can drive home. Well, you always have Peyton. I think I'm gonna let Jen drink, and I'm gonna drive. Always a good option, too. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let her have some phone because I think that she wants to. Well, good. I'm going to let Peyton drink, too. Yeah, we're going to talk about no that. reason why not. Yeah. So, hey, well, and P-Money will be on with me. We're going to record on Sunday. We'll talk all about the NBA, everything going on there. Uh, no wrestling this week from Peyton. It'll be just NBA stuff. Uh, we're going to get back into wrestling in a couple of weeks uh, before SummerSlam and that kind of stuff. So it'll be fun. Good. And then I've got uh, Pat Curran coming in, the agent coming in in a couple of weeks. We're recording that in uh, in two weeks. So I have him in, talk NIL and some stuff with that. So we've got some fun stuff coming. Looking forward to it. Cool. Well, E, thanks so much for coming on. I will uh, be right back. And uh, as always, I appreciate you coming on. I'll talk to you soon. Glad to be here. Thanks. Hey, welcome back. Hey, what I want to do now, I mentioned that I want to first off thank Ellen for coming in. We both had just short timetables and windows to meet up to do our stuff this week. So we were originally going to do some stuff on a lot of the Supreme Court for this week. We're going to table that talk for her and I to next week. And we're going to do a lot of that on the point five next week. She's obviously our legal counsel. And we're going to talk a lot about that in uh, the point five next week. So Please join us for that. Before we leave today, I am going to say something. I'm going to do a little bit of a political stance here. And this is going to anger some people. And some people, I hope, I hope the majority of people will be on board with what I'm about to talk about. I think it's important to get this message out there. We are about to come into the 4th of July. As you're hearing this, it is just before the 4th, the 4th being on Monday. And I, I want to talk about this when we have had quite a bit happen with our political system, most importantly with our um, Supreme Court in the last couple of weeks. Uh, the biggest news, of course, was the overturning of Roe v. Wade, leaving it to the states to decide about the woman's right to an abortion. Um, I'm a very pro-choice person. I'm, I understand that as a man, I really... I believe that we should; those things should be held to a woman to choose what she wants to do with her body. And uh, I really shouldn't have much say as an older white man. But I do support women's rights. I support the rights of all individuals. And a couple other things that upset me this week were smaller cases that came out. The Supreme Court ruled against the EPA and limited, limited the authority of the EPA 
to mandate carbon emissions in the precedents that were set forth by the EPA, basically saying that a government agency cannot set forth rules or laws that they put forth as part of who they are. That's what the EPA is for. The Environmental Protection Agency was put together to help protect our environment, to help against global warming. What this decision really is, is this is a this is the the right and this is the protecting big business and protecting the money. This is pushing um, values that I just don't believe. I, I go back to the if you remember the old movie Casino, where the the character, Joe Pesci's character, is talking about how there's all these problems in the casino. But in the end, it's all about the dollars. They're going to forgive everything you've done. It's all about the dollars. And that's what it looks like it's come down to at our Supreme Court, unfortunately. It's not about individuals' rights. It's not about, it's about the dollars. And that's what the EPA, this decision with the EPA. Now, why is this important? This can be extended to any government agency. This could have earthquake-like issues across every government agency in our country, limiting authority, laws, acting, all the acts that protect us. Consumer credit could be protected. Uh, investors could not may not be protected by things like the SEC. You know, FINRA, someone who's in my, uh, what I do for a living, those protections are put in place. And they're put in protections in place for regular people. And this ruling is going to set a precedent that could be taken to all those things. It's going to hurt people. It's going to hurt people more than it helps these big businesses. The other one that bothered me was the uh, law passed or the, the decision from the Supreme Court about the Native American tribes and that they'll no longer be able to fully govern themselves. Now, certain crimes and laws will now be uh investigated, not investigated, but the state will have the, to the, the, the place to prosecute some crimes, where previously we had given those rights to tribes to self-govern. Certain violent crimes had been given to, uh, those authorities had been given to the federal laws. We have an agency for that. And um, I want to read something. This was Justice Neil Gorsh who wrote as part of his dissent. Um, of, uh, and he was joined by the three liberal members of the, of the court on this. He says, One can only hope the political branches and future courts will do their duty to honor this nation's promises, even as we have failed today to do on our own. I think that that works and says so much, not just about that decision, but about all these decisions, we're failing our citizens. And I think that was really important. And so I wanted to talk about something. I'm going to kind of read this and, and kind of give you some feelings. Every 4th of July, we celebrate our independence from the tyranny of King George III. The, the document, the Declaration of Independence, signed in 1776, was signed on the 4th of July. The Declaration of Independence was penned by Thomas Jefferson, later our third president. The document begins, quote, When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind require they should declare the causes which impel them to separation. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind. I think that's important. We've lost that. This country's now become two distinct political bands, as Jefferson termed it. One, far from perfect, represents the majority of Americans. It includes beliefs like inclusion, common sense gun laws, freedom of religion, free speech, freedom to assemble peacefully, freedom to vote freely in public and open elections, and believes in the fundamental principles and rights that have already been settled by our courts, including protection of a woman's right to choose with her own body. The second group, 
the smaller minority of this country, believe in the rights of an authoritarian group. They believe in limiting the rights of black and brown people, limiting the rights of women, limiting the rights of the members of the LGBTQ plus community. They rule by force. They rule by hate. They rule by purposeful neglect to act. They rule by non-peaceful armed assembly at the very center place of our democracy. Now, let's be clear. This is not about just Donald Trump. The events this week, along with the information made public in the last few weeks through the January 6th commission, is not just an indictment of one man. It's an indictment of an entire group of enablers, of willful blindness. Trump, in the end, was a useful tool, a means to an end. He will now be discarded like a patsy by his very enablers, who will mostly get away unscathed and move on to their next group of victims, whether that be Latin migrants, the LGBTQ community, or whoever prays differently than they do. Emboldened by the actions of the Supreme Court this week, the enablers will push their agenda and their beliefs, giving no tolerance or sympathy for those who believe differ from this authoritarian group. In the Declaration of Independence, Jefferson lays out several specific causes from King Louis III, the King of Britain at the time. They include, quote, he has refused his asset to law the most wholesome and necessary for public good. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people unless those people relinquish the right of representation in the legislature. A right to them and formidable to tyrants only. For taking away our charters, quote, for taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws, and altering the fundamental forms of our governments. He has excited domestic insurrections among us. Do these sound familiar? Republican lawmakers will willfully refuse to act in the necessity of public good for a generation, if not longer now. They have not just refused to pass laws that represent the majority, but they have willfully acted to not confirm public servants, or in some cases, to even hold hearings or vote at all on bills that the majority of Americans approve of. These right-wing Christian conservatives co-opted parts of the corporate America back in the 1980s for financing. They've now become a well-organized, well-financed coalition of domestic terrorists. These terrorists hide behind God in the same vein that international terrorist organizations hid behind other deities. Whether you call it a shihad, an insurrection, or whatever right-wing term the, or the term the right-wing media uses to minimize its impact to its sheep, these terrorists have added violence to the menu to spread their beliefs of intolerance and hate. Make no mistake, folks, Fox News, Breitbart, OAN, the NRA, the American Defending Freedom, the National Alliance, the Proud Boys, the Heritage Foundation, the Federalist Society, Turning Point USA, and countless right-wing media outlets and fundraising groups are supporting Republican candidates. They control the Republican Party. While the overwhelming majority of Americans do not support limiting women's rights to choose, the majority does not support anti-LGBTQ plus legislation. The majority overwhelmingly supports gun control. Immigration, not detention, and an overwhelming majority of Americans supported and still support the removal of the president that minimized a catastrophic pandemic that led to the death of over 2 million Americans, our former president. America, it's quick time to quit fucking around. It's time to stand up to this brand new, this new brand of tyranny. It's time to defend women's rights. It's time to defend black and brown people. It's time to defend the LGBTQ plus community. It's time to push back. It's time to vote out all Republicans at every level. Federal, state, local, even the fucking dog catcher shouldn't be, should be voted out if he supports the right-wing agenda. Stop being gaslighted are the Republican red herrings. This is bigger than the economy. It's bigger than your 401k. It's bigger than gas prices. The basic freedoms taken away by the right-wing controlled court are the basic freedoms that Jefferson eloquently laid out in the Declaration of Independence. Without these basic rights, 
None of the other items matter. It's time to overwhelmingly speak against this tyranny. Flood Congress with all the Democrats. Remove the filibuster. Open the courts up to more justices and fill that just fill the justices that will defend Americans' individual rights and freedoms. Consider these things when you're popping fireworks on the 4th of July. Are you really an American or are you just an enabler? The decision is yours. And remember, history is watching. I want to thank Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox, for all you do behind the scenes. I really want to send a shout out to Tyler this week as he's had to do a lot of work to get these pods out quick, and I want to thank him for that. Most importantly, I want to thank you, the listener. Don't forget to rate us and review us. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, we appreciate every five-star review. Until next week on the, on the, on the pod, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Have a great weekend. Remember, your time tokens are non-refundable. Take care of each other and take care of yourselves.